The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift are your hosts, Lori Bischoff and Candace Parisi. We're talking shift. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast, a podcast where we talk shift because we believe the antidote to feeling stuck is found by shifting our thinking and learning to listen to our guts. I'm Candace. Hey, and I'm Lori. And today... On our Going Rogue segment, we're going to be talking with Ms. Kara Britz. We are super excited about this because if you're a fan of the hit NBC show, The Voice, then you have definitely seen Kara. Now, in addition to being the lead backup singer on The Voice for the past almost seven years now, Kara has worked with Cher, Joe Cocker, Jordan Smith, and the Japanese superstar Ikichi Yazawa. And as if that's not enough, she's also currently a member of Blake Shelton's band and gearing up to head back out on the road for his Friends and Heroes tour kicking off early in 2019. So we're going to be talking to Kara about how going rogue ultimately landed her one of her biggest breaks, which has led to the success that she has today. We're so happy you're here with us today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I have been creeping you online for about a week and a half. (laughs) So excited about you coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you for taking your time. You're awesome. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you. It was perfect. It worked out great. So um, I'm right in the mood for this. So I feel really good about it. (laughs) A good headspace. In in all uh, full disclosure here, I have been a big fan of Kara's for quite a few years now because she actually, besides being like kind of famous and amazing, she's one of my daughter's besties. That's yeah. true. So, <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't I, do life without Montana. So <laughs> thanks for having her. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's the uh, least I could do for for you, my dear. Yeah, thank you, Lori. You know, yeah, no just, big deal. Just you know, birth a human. That's my yeah, best don't, friend don't in the world. <laughs> don't don't ask me to pop out another one for you, though, girl. That you one is all you get. <laughs> Don't be selfish. That's good. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I? That's awesome. No, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I've I've been a huge fan of the Bischoffs for years. I mean, Tana yeah. and I met on like a really funny funny story, and then I just fell in love with your whole family. So I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And Candace, I've heard so much about you, so I'm really excited to get to know you too. I mean, you have to be awesome if you're hanging out with them. So yeah, <laughs> this will be easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a big deal. I'm a super big deal. <laughs> and I should have been a big deal in the same way that that you're a big deal. But I I can't sing. When I was a kid, I all I wanted to do was be a singer. And do you remember Star Search? Yeah, heck yeah, I remember Star Search. Okay, yeah. And so every <laughs> fucking day I would watch Star Search and I was sure, I was sure that I was going to be on Star Search. And my, uh, like once a week, I was a really, um, I, I was kind of a little bit of a liar when I was a kid. And so once a week, I would tell my mom, like at six years old, I'd be like, Mom, Star Search called. 
and they want oh. me to come in and be on the show. And she would, <laughs> every week, she would be like, all right, pack your stuff up. Let's go. And she'd get me in the car. Oh, how cute. And, yeah. And then right before, right on our drive to Star Search, right, she would say, um, hey, should we stop at Dairy Queen and get an ice cream first? She did this every time. Should we stop at Dairy Queen and get ice cream first? And I'm like, "You, yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell me you, you <laughs> weren't dropping like F-bombs at that, at that age, right? You weren't dropping F-bombs at that age, though, on the way to Dairy Queen, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I was. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up a oh, little yeah. yeah, and so Just she would take, you a, <laughs> she'd take me to uh, Dairy Queen, and we uh, it, then she'd say, oh, they canceled with you this week, but they're, they're going to call you in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, all right, I have ice cream. It's cool. We can just go home. But yeah, that was that is amazing. Extent of my career. Mom better be ready to be like, all right, let's go. Here she goes again. Yeah, here she goes. <laughs> That's She's so cute. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but you have go such home. a uh, extraordinary story and such an incredible mm-hmm. voice. And it's so, uh, there's so you. much soul behind it as if you're you're. 80 you know you're you, i don't know there's, yeah. there's there's something really magical about your voice i just in case you oh, didn't know thank you. <laughs> oh i know yeah. i appreciate that as a background singer it's, it's nice yeah you know we, we we're taught to blend so i really appreciate that <laughs> so yeah. thank you yeah it's been it's been fun i mean i uh I fell into the background world kind of crazy and and uh i've just yeah really really have gotten it's that whole luck meets opportunity meets preparation just the whole thing lines up and you're just like oh my god you know it's been it's been a quite a ride and really amazing so i'm excited to kind of dig in remember a few of these things that i did (laughs) yeah you you have you have had such an amazing journey like i mean candace just shared she wanted to be a singer when she was a little kid and so did you have that same experience did you know from the time you know that you could walk and talk was that was that your calling that you knew from a really young age you know, um, yeah, my mom was a Christian singer, beautiful singer, still is, uh, and played piano and grew up in the church, and and uh, my granddad was a Baptist minister, and, and so we just, we were kind of always around the church, and my dad's a huge fan of music, and he can sing, he'll tell you he can't, but he can absolutely carry a tune, and uh, he's an amazing poet, so he does a lot of, like, songwriting, you know, he's able to do that kind of thing, and so my brother and sister and I, we just, you know, child care was just hanging with mom and dad. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. So if they had to be at church, we had to be at church. And so you were kind of always around choir practice and, you know, pageants and the whole like Christmas, Christmas stuff and, you know, putting together all these different uh, performances. And so really it was just kind of all I knew. And um, after a while I realized it was like the only thing I was good at. (laughs) Like I was like, well, clearly I'm not going to be playing sports. That's, that we've discovered that cool uh clearly you know i mean like just clumsy and kind of out there and and i I wasn't really like focused in school and you know i didn't have like big aspirations to become like a scientist or anything crazy i just really found my happy place playing music so yeah I, i think at the very early age it was just kind of instilled in my whole being and um you know i whistled before i could talk and uh and i just i've always been always been a singer you know I don't really know um I've never known myself not a singer I guess is the best way to put it yeah. so yeah I was really lucky with that having my family be involved in it as well you know because it wasn't something 
that I had to find later and discover on my own. A lot of my friends, you know, their, their, their families aren't musicians and they had to kind of discover that they could sing. And it's, 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 uh, that's why I think it's so important, you know, with music in the schools and stuff, because sometimes that's really the only language um, people can, can really speak, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah. So I just, I got lucky. Yeah. That's (laughs) an interesting, I just, I love that point though, that you just made is, um, I, I think you were referring to just music, right? Saying that that's the language sometimes that people, that's the only language they can speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. That's pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, the music therapy and all these different extensions of music that have come up just to kind of help people get through things. And, you know, just like I was, I was saying to you, I think a couple of weeks ago, Lori, um, another fun fact, Lori is my life coach and basically <laughs> kept my soul on track for a while there. It was a slippery slope <laughs> for a few years, but we'll get to that. But I remember saying to you, you know, it's one of those things with music, you, it's a therapy for people, even mm-hmm. in the, the darkest of times there's probably a song or two or just some sort of music that you can listen to that just at least for a second centers you and helps mm-hmm. you remember, okay, it's not that big. This is not that big of a problem. Mm-hmm. We can, if we can get through this, you know, like we can get through mm-hmm. anything, just like, you know, buck up and get ready to get through it. You know, there's, there's just yeah. always been a connection with music as far as keeping my sanity. Um, so yeah, I think it's important for people and I think a lot of people kind of ignore it, um, when we get going too quickly. Yeah. I I find that to be true too. Music is such a, um, it is one of the most powerful mediums to change your state, you know, your attitude, Mm -hmm. your state of mind. It's so powerful. Um, and, and anybody that listens to music gets that. I mean, you can listen to particular songs and it's either going to, you know, it, they can bring you up, they can make you thoughtful, they can make you moody, they can take you back to a, you know, to a situation from yesterday, yesteryear that maybe is not pleasant. I mean, mm-hmm. it can move mm-hmm. you all over the board emotionally. And uh, it's just, it is a really powerful tool. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, uh, you know, yeah. you can find all sorts of emotion inside of music. I know that if I, like, need to have a good cry, I'll listen to uh, Sam Smith. Sam Smith in the shower? Yeah. It's over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why is it better in the shower? shower? It's like, I can cry all over myself, let it wash away. It's yeah, like a revival in there. <laughs> Nobody sees I love me. it. Just me and Sam. I love it. That's yeah. so funny. Sam Smith in the shower. That sounds like a good record title. Uh, album title. Sure. It does. Yeah. That's a song right there. So funny. Shake him in the shower with me. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's true. It's, it's true. It's a good way to kind of let go of some stuff, you know? And so I'm really lucky that that's also my profession. So while, you know, there's some days where you're just like, oh, my God, like the idea of having to go sing right now because we carry our emotion in our throats. And it's like there's some days when you're just broken, you know, and you're like, I have to go to work and like sing about breakups and love songs. And, you know, and like, it's just like, you feel like your whole world's falling apart, but those are only a few days. Most days it's literally the greatest career ever in my opinion. Cause it's just like, wow, 
no matter what, when I just start singing, all the other bullshit just goes away. Like mm-hmm. even, even the work stuff, like even the stuff at work that's driving you crazy. It's like everything finally just evaporates as soon as you start singing. Cause it is therapeutic and it's, you know, this vibration and this, this whole thing with, with your vocal cords. I mean, it, it really is powerful. It's like when I was little, I'd fall asleep on my dad's chest or like maybe I'd fall asleep in my car seat, car seat or something and he would pick me up and take me into the house. And I used to just, I, I still remember to this day waking up and hearing his low voice mm. and just like that vibration of me like up against his chest. And like, it was the most soothing thing I could ever think of. And like, even wow. still, when I think back on that memory, like I get goosebumps because it's just like, you know, that was my person. And I could just like, I would fall right back asleep. If I'd wake up and hear him like kind of talking to my mom or whatever, then I would just roll back in. And it was mm. it just, yeah still one of my favorite things to think about you know it's, it's really powerful so wow vibrations yeah yeah you know you, you know you just you just said something a minute ago that made me put put something together that I didn't really put together in the way you said it before when you said you we carry our emotions in our in our throat is that what you said in our voice in our throat yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and that makes so much sense to me now because uh it, less now as an adult, but definitely all of my life, anytime I would feel any kind of a, um, a sad, you know, um, Mm -hmm. a sad emotion or a scared emotion, my throat Mm -hmm. would literally close up and words would not come out. I couldn't Mm -hmm. make a sound. And I just, I thought it was just, I attributed it to, you know, um, I don't, I don't even know if I attributed to anything. I just, I just couldn't do it. And I thought it was just, you know, my, I couldn't hardly breathe then. And Mm -hmm. it just is making me think now, oh, because my emotional state just actually caused the physical straight state of my throat closing up. I, that's really fascinating. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's really crazy. You know, you cry or you laugh or you get scared. And the first thing that I clench is, you know, you get a lump in your throat, you, you yeah. tense up and your throat immediately goes back. You know, you're almost trying to protect it. It's, yeah, it is really crazy. It's, it's nuts, but it's, yeah, it's where huh. we carry it all. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> kind of random. Um, but, yeah. yeah but that's your, I, what's, what chakra is that? If you're doing a chakra thing, it's, I, it's like the fourth, fifth chakra. Yeah. Fifth, the fifth. Is the it fifth I, chakra. I, I blue. It's where you hold your will. Is That's spiritual crap, one? but you know, yeah. it's, yeah. Spiritual crap. Yeah. That's where you're supposed to hold your emotions. Yeah. Like wow. you're saying. So, That's all. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You have such an amazing story. I, I want to ask you since, since, uh, the, our guest of the day is always our going rogue segment. So I have a question. We have a question for you. Um, okay. Which mm-hmm. is. Basically, tell us about a time, if you will, where you totally went rogue. So, you know, you stepped out of line, you did something completely unexpected, you did something in such a way that it ended up really changing the entire course of your life. Has that been your experience ever? Yeah, yeah. Most, most, most of my best experiences actually have been that. Um, nice. I guess the first, mm. the first time the first time that happened to me was in, um, in high school, 
I, I knew I wanted to be a musician. My brother had moved to Los Angeles. He's an incredible musician. He's in that band Bush. He's the um, bass player for the rock band Bush. And he had already moved to California with uh, one of our good friends, Justin, and they were doing music. Then my sister moved out to California and she was doing modeling. And then I was a senior in high school and I had fallen in love with a boy. And um, <laughs> we had dated off and on throughout middle school and high school. And I was um, starting to feel like I was supposed to go to um, a Southern college for music. And so I was kind of looking into Belmont and Nashville. Our hometown had a conservatory there called Shenandoah. And then I was looking at a couple places in North Carolina, um, all girls schools um, and just be going for music therapy. And uh, my dad got really nervous. He, he traveled a lot for business. Um, and so he, he actually emailed me, um, right before I had to make my decision of whether I was going to enroll in college or decide to move to either Nashville or Los Angeles to do music. And I was really leaning towards going to North Carolina because surprise, surprise, <laughs> teenage 18 year old me, I, I was subconsciously probably wanting to follow my boyfriend at the time who was going to, uh, who had already signed on to go to, um, South Carolina to go to USC. Uh-huh. The boy. So my dad, yeah, the boy. And me, in my mind, I, I can negotiate anything. Like, I am so my father's daughter. Like, I just, I love to argue a point. And so in my mind, I had already told myself, well, this isn't for him. This is a great school. You find everything positive about this school in North Carolina, and it becomes the greatest, most genius idea you've ever had. So yeah. my dad, much smarter than I, um, called, my, called my bluff. And he emailed me a list of questions and he said, you and I are having a meeting in the living room on Monday evening when I get home at seven o'clock. I need you to meet me there and you need to have answered all of these questions. Wow. And I was like, very business like dad. <laughs> so business. Cause he was like, listen, let's time to, let's get your life together here. Like, you know, and so he went into business bill mode as, as he should have. And so, you know, I listened and that's kind of, the way I respond to things when it feels more official, I, I take it a little bit more seriously. So, so I did the whole thing and I showed up to the living room and that <laughs> night he talked me out of going to North Carolina. He talked me out of going to college in general and he talked me into moving to Los Angeles and here's all the reasons why this is going to be a good idea. And we really, really thought it through and much to everybody else's surprise, like everybody else in our extended family basically everybody else in the high school, mm -hmm. I basically stopped everything and moved all the way across the country two weeks after I graduated. And um, the backup plan was just get out there, see how it goes, start going to as many auditions as you can, really get yourself out there, network, network, network. And if you are bored or you feel like you don't know what you're doing, we'll put you in Musicians Institute in October. So get out there early, get a jump start, spend your summer there, and just get going, you know, and, and, uh, it was the best advice I could have ever gotten. And it was a That's huge a decision dad. because I was very much in love. Oh, he's like superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and my mom, it, it was amazing. And I, I talk about my dad a lot because he kind of did the whole like official set down, but my mom was very much involved in that decision and very much involved in like trying to persuade me into the Los Angeles thing. So yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. And, I moved out here and, and uh, I got a jump start that a lot of other people didn't get, you know, like people that went to college for music and, and all these things. I got a four year jump on them as far as my age and age is important in this industry. And so 
um, being younger and being able to really make some mistakes and, and trip and get a lot of no's and auditions and figure out who I wanted to work with and who probably was a little snaky and, you know, just like kind of getting all that stuff out of the way. I feel like that was sort of like my, my like hard knocks college, you know? Jeez. So, um, oh, got street really, yeah, well, that, you, that went you really had atypical, <laughs> your parents were very atypical, you know, the story that you just yes. told, I think, um, probably so many people have had the absolute opposite experience. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Like parents 100%. want to protect their, they think they're protecting their kids by like pushing them right into college because they don't want you to live right. on the streets and da, 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 da. but the you know i think yeah. that's incredible that your father your family said follow your heart follow your dream follow your truth i think that's not amazing. the boy and, and you know the thing i think that's the thing because really they were still teaching me to do the right thing and do the responsible thing because i was actually gonna follow my heart to north carolina Right. But they were like, follow your talent, because they also knew that I was good enough. You know, they believed in me and they thought, OK, she's got a good head on her shoulders. We believe that if she goes out there and moves in with her siblings, my sister was modeling at the time. So she was my first roommate. They're like, if she goes out there and sticks close to her sister and really, really does this, we believe that she can make it. You know, like if, mm -hmm. if I was a shitty singer, I know they wouldn't have done that. <laughs> they would have been like, college right. is a great idea. <laughs> you should really go. And, you should you know, work on cooking. And, really nice. <laughs> yeah, let's get you, let's get you into a home somewhere that somebody else could feed you for a while. But like, they believed in me. And so, you know, that's kind of the way it worked. But yeah, it, it was, it was really kind of crazy and very atypical. But at the same time, when you really think about it, I feel like they were almost saving my career because they, they knew that I was going to be complacent and I was going to start um, not following things that I wanted to do. And, and knowing my personality and knowing my free spirit, I think they know that it would have been a slow death, mm. you know, just Where, to yeah. be Where like a mommy. And, um, yeah. yeah. Where is this guy now? Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings you to my second going rogue <laughs> <laughs> story. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready continues. for it, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, let's so, go. Where's this guy? Thing, I need to know what this guy's listen, backstory listen. is. Who is he? <laughs> well, okay, so That's this fine. guy is one of my best, one of my best friends in life. So my oh, high school awesome. sweetheart is is still one of my best friends, and his name is Austin. And uh, amazing, amazing guy. And we just have this connection. We just love each other. And um, so we dated off and on. We continued to date long distance when I moved out here because we were very much in love. And, um, and then life got in the way, and, and we both wanted to kind of go and just live our lives. And, and we had always agreed that we didn't want to be married before 30 just because we didn't believe that we were fully grown or had the experiences that you wanted to have or the travel or, you know, just to kind of have that freedom to make your own decisions for a while. So we dated for a while into my move to L.A., and then we, we broke up. But then we just always stayed in touch and we would get back together and break up, get back together, break up. Then finally we got back together and decided, okay, let's really try this. And we were probably 27, 28. And he was living in San Diego at the time because he ended up actually transferring out to San Diego from USC. Mm -hmm. So he was down in San Diego. I was in LA and we dated long distance up and back and forth um, between San Diego and LA for I think a year and a half, two years. And then he got a job where he could work from home. So he was able to move up to Los Angeles. So we moved in together, um, still together. Then we got engaged and mm -hmm. we were planning our wedding and 
then things just kind of started to fall apart. <laughs> and um, so um, that was when I went rogue for the second time because I was supposed to get married last year. And about six months before the wedding, I woke up one day and just had this feeling like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? And it just felt like we were, when we were supposed to be getting closer together, we were getting further apart. Mm-hmm. And I I just had this really weird feeling like I just wasn't, I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done getting to know myself. I wasn't done getting to the place that I wanted to be um, in my career. And I just felt like as a partnership, it just wasn't working for us anymore. And um, so that was the second time I went rogue. I actually decided not to get married, became suddenly single at 32. (laughs) And uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really different out there now in the dating world. Let me tell you, it takes yeah. some real cojones to be single these days. <laughs> yeah, you got to get I'm a lot of apps. And Lots of apps, I yeah, hear, if you're single. <laughs> apparently that's the thing. And I'm over here, like, non-tech savvy. Like, wait, you just, you're supposed to know in one picture if you like this person? Like, yeah. how does that work? That's not, that is not normal. This is not cool. So yeah, auntie over here. I'm I'm like accepting my fate that maybe maybe this is it. Maybe I sing a lot and I just like pray that my nieces and nephew will just like take care of me when I'm old. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. <laughs> um, so while I'm still hopeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was kind of yeah. crazy. But I but I say all that to say, um, you know, he was such a he is such a great friend and really just like that special person, you know, he really is. Uh, it's just, we just weren't meant to get married. And, um, it was one of the hardest decisions. And I always, we, me and him, we're, we're still friends. I was kind of joking with him the other day. I said, you know, it's almost like, I wish you would have like thrown me down some stairs in a horrible way. I know that sounds terrible, but like, it would have been a lot easier to define why we left each other, but it was such an emotional, like such a much deeper decision for this not to be the right thing to do that it was, it was a really hard thing to navigate. And that's when I started calling Lori weekly um, mm-hmm. just cause I, I really, the one thing I needed to get out of that, because when you, when you go rogue, you sort of don't really know where the ground is. Like you're kind of like floating for a while and like just trying to find your footing. And I didn't know why I did it, but I just knew a couple things that I needed to get out of it. And, and one of those things was I need to know myself better so that I don't get into this position again, because not only do I hurt myself, I hurt other people. And second of all, I really need to figure out what, how to not harden my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's when you're a musician, when you're in this industry, it's really important to keep that personality. I mean, and I guess this is in life too. It's important to just keep your personality. And I had to almost remember who I was because I was sort of trying to mold into the one that was ready to get married and buy a home and, you know, get the kids and the farm and the, how am I going to take time off if I want to get pregnant? You know, you start to kind of think of all these things and I just don't think it requires that much thought if it's the right thing. So Lori really helped me kind of figure out that you don't have to do everything on a strict timeline as I think we're kind of taught throughout the years just by society. Yeah, Lori's but. Lori's pretty awesome. She's a pretty she's uh-huh. pretty a uh, pretty awesome at that. And most people can't uh, <laughs> most people can't um, 
can't make really hard decisions. I have clients every day that, and I'm sure you do too, Lori, that come up to decisions where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, well, what does your heart tell you? Or what would you tell your daughter to do? And they're like, I would tell my daughter right. to leave. Or I would, my heart tells me this. Mm-hmm. And they say, eh, I'm not going to do that, though, yeah. because yeah. I don't trust yeah. myself or I don't trust my gut. Or what if I'm alone forever and I have <clears> 10 <throat> cats? and Or what, you know, like all of these different well, things. There's it. so many what ifs that we don't People live are so our lives sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. And and I think people are just so quick to settle mm-hmm. and be like, well, you know, this is just what's supposed to happen. So here we are. And then yeah. I just watch them get depressed, dude. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. you see a lot of, like, I know, unfortunately, I know a lot of friends that got married young mm-hmm. and they're already divorced and maybe they have kids together. And, and it's just, it's, there, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, I'm very open to, like, if, if the person that I'm supposed to be with has kids and the whole thing, like, that, I don't, I don't mind. I feel like life kind of works itself out accordingly for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm, like, everything mm-hmm. sort of shakes itself out the way it's supposed to. But I, would, I know I would be a very open and nurturing stepmother, you know? I, 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 could, I could play that role. But I, I have a hard time with my friends trying to date trying to deal with their exes, maybe their exes moved on or they're trying to move on, but they, you know, and, just, and then when do we get the kids involved? And it's just like, Oh, I watch all that. And I do feel like, man, that, that makes me so grateful for having the guts to not settle. Yeah. And just, exactly. you know, you get one lap in life, you get one lap in life and you don't have to do what everybody else does. And it, and it's crazy when you just do what you feel in your heart, you're supposed to do. It's crazy how things fall into place. It always works yes. out. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. Crazy. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Thinking about it. And that, you know, that really was a big rogue move for you, Carol, because it's not like you guys just um, talked about getting married. I mean, you know, you had, you had mm-hmm. been together on and off for your entire adult life. I mean, since you were in school yep. and then the I wedding. Mean, yeah, we got together in eighth grade. Yeah. So your whole life for the most part. And then, you know, wedding plans were made. I mean, dates were set, invitations were ready. So you really, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, um, may experience the, the, uh, the thoughts and the feelings that you had come up and they're, they feel like, Oh, I can't back out now. That train's already left the station and they feel so afraid to, to undo everything. They're, they don't have the, the courage they're afraid that that took a lot of bravery on your part to really just dismantle that whole thing. So I think that's a important point to make because you really, that was a rogue move. Most people yeah. just keep going. They just keep marching ahead, even though their gut, their intuition is mm-hmm. telling them, mm-hmm. oh, you might want to slow this thing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. crazy. I had a moment, I had a moment, in my car and, and I'm I'm very Christian and I had this moment in my car. I was driving around. I had just gotten back from tour and this is and this is the day that I realized things weren't okay. Uh, I just gotten back from tour. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to eat. <laughs> that's like for me that's devastating. <laughs> like literally like my love language is food. If mm-hmm. you can tell me what I'm hungry for, I am putty in your hands. So I uh <laughs> I was driving aimlessly around and I was kind of trying to waste time because Austin was coming home from work and I was driving around 
aimlessly trying to just get a snack and I'm wasting 45 minutes just getting hungrier and hungrier. Finally, just pull over and I've got music playing random on my, on my iTunes. My Apple Music was up and it's, so it's just playing out of like 10,000 songs or something crazy. It's just playing random stuff. And this song comes on and it was one of those Hillsong songs. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I could use some Jesus right now. So I pull over and I just kind of want to listen to the song. <laughs> and I freaking like suddenly had this emotional breakdown. And I, I mean, you guys, so I'm listening to the song and it's one of those like kind of new contemporary Christian songs. So it's kind of nice, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's going through. And then suddenly halfway through the song, they go into this nothing but the blood of Jesus and it comes in halfway through and mm-hmm. the lyrics are, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me new again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So I'm sitting there and I'm just literally pouring tears awkwardly parked outside of my house. Cause I've done laps now parked mm-hmm. outside of my house. Mm-hmm. Austin gets home from work and he comes in and taps on my window and he's like, Hey, you, you okay? I'm like, clearly having a moment. Sorry, but I'll be in in a second. So I'm like sitting there like, what are you doing crazy? Like you're sitting on the street parked in front of your home, your fiance's home in the house and you're sitting in your car bawling, you know? And I was like, this needs to be addressed. So I'm sitting there and I really do feel like in that moment, it was almost like God or whatever we all believe in. You know, for me, it's very much Jesus. It was almost like he was saying in that moment, if you just kind of stick with me and trust me and trust what's happening around you, I promise you, I will blow your mind. Like I will blow your mind with the opportunities and the things that you can do in your life. If you just don't settle, just stick to it and like go with your gut. And, and I mean, after that day, it was such a moment for me. And I, I have just had that on repeat, like literally for the last year and a half since this all happened. And yeah, it was kind of crazy, but I I think if we're listening, you can really hear stuff like that, you know? Right. I was like, I just got goosebumps. Like, that was no. powerful. That was powerful. <laughs> you know, I mean, because yeah. literally, you know, you you listened to the voice that was, you know, that was talking to you, your inner voice, which for mm-hmm. you is, you know, mm-hmm. your higher power. You, you yeah. know, for you, it's God Jesus. or Jesus, awesome. but you know, whoever that is for for anyone, it's that inner mm-hmm. voice that you connect to, and you 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 heeded the call, and I think, again, that takes a lot of trust and faith and, like we said before, mm-hmm. bravery and courage. Sure, yeah. yeah. You're, you're a badass. You're a badass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I try to be. I can, I can definitely yeah. relate to the, to the eating thing you were talking about <laughs> earlier. I'm, I'm, I'm into eating. Like, girl, I just came back from Europe for a month, oh. and I just ate everything there. Oh. I only went it's there the to greatest. eat. greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Constantly you know, that's my kind of eating. woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much eat everything. I'm like a walking garbage disposal. Yeah. I love all food. I will finish your food for you, especially when we're in rehearsals. I am like on a scavenger hunt constantly at the voice. I'm like, okay guys, like one of the contestants, poor thing, they probably don't get to eat much. We were all hanging out in the studio trying to rehearse and a couple of the contestants got food delivered and I came out to take a little break and I was like, you gonna you gonna finish those egg rolls? What you got there? This <laughs> like, poor guy like finally had his food, and I'm like, any chance you uh, got an extra? He was so sweet. Thank you, Dave Finley, for giving me your egg roll. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> is, there a, is there a food you won't eat? Is there like something that's disgusting to you? Mushrooms. Really? I'm the weirdest person. 
I can't stand mushrooms, and I hate it. I've tried them in so many different capacities. Like even However, raw? I love truffles. Oh. Mm. Wow. I can't do it, but I love truffles. Mm. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. It's weird, but that's the one thing I, I can't I can't really mess with. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I feel but that way about that. tomatoes. I think yeah. that tomatoes are just the most disgusting thing on earth. She, yeah, can so Isn't it so random? It's well it's, known fact so that Candace hates tomatoes. She it's makes well sure that um, people know. She always makes sure that everybody knows that. <laughs> I find it. I find it interesting that yeah. tomato sauce is okay. All right, but so, here not we go. the here things we go. that make the sauce. Uh, 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 here we go. Let's not get started. So, so. funny. <laughs> tomatoes funny. Are, are not good for you. They are not. They shouldn't actually, be a thing. Oh God. <laughs> you talked about lying. Though I, I'll go to a restaurant and be like, "Hi guys, I'm um, I'm allergic to mushrooms." Like, oh. I'll just straight up lie, just to make sure they don't put them in there. I feel kind of bad, but just kind of. So sorry. Just, I'm, aller- <laughs> hey, I'm allergic to mushrooms. So. But but not bad enough to yeah. stop lying. No, uh, no, yeah. no. I say it with a smile. They're probably on to me, but yeah. <laughs> I oh, well. love tomatoes and I love mushrooms. Ugh. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think of some of food that I really hate that much. And I honestly can't think of anything right now. I, nothing is coming well, to mind. Something I, will feel, like, it's, I have a weird guilt that I don't like them. I don't know why I just, I've tried them so many ways y'all like really there's one sushi place in West Hollywood that does this, like that does this live scallop thing. And then they mm-hmm. bring out, some sort of sauce and it's it has shiitake mushrooms in it and i will eat those and destroy them in one second but that's the mm-hmm. only time i've ever liked them and i don't know if it's because it's smothered in this sauce that's made it basically like candy but mm-hmm. really good <laughs> so there, the candy there mushrooms that's my saving okay. taste. yeah yeah <laughs> You put sugar on anything, I'm pretty much in. Sorry. Awesome. Oh, my God. Wow. This is a bit of an occupational hazard at 33 that I will eat anything because it just kind of sticks everywhere now. I'm like, oh, God. Thank God I found, like, a workout. Yeah. Yeah. It just stays. It stays. And it takes you, like, six months for it to go away. It's awesome. (laughs) It's awesome. Oh, well. So, so female from the farm in Virginia goes to LA and yeah, goes rogue, leaves the boy, leaves the hometown, doesn't go to college, goes off to LA and then breaks her wedding plans with the boy that ends up also in LA Bless and, his heart. Gosh, I'll I'm sorry. He's okay. Uh-huh. He's okay though, right? He, uh, oh yeah, he's great. I just, I just, you know, you feel guilty just even bringing. Yeah, he's a pretty private guy, but yeah, he's, uh, he's great. I mean, he's always gonna be great. He's got a killer job. He, yeah, very <laughs> handsome. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> you're, job's important. you're backtracking. You're like, no, 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 no. Well, yeah. <laughs> What I really want to say about yeah, right, right. He has the, most, he has yeah. the smoothest hair. He has. <laughs> he does. I mean, shit. I can spend like sixteen butter. years with him because he was ugly. I can guarantee that. Like, I, yeah. Don't worry about that. He's fine. All right. Well, when he listens, many women are very. 
Many women are very happy he's single, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You're welcome, ladies. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. But stay tuned for part two next week. So... We hope that you enjoyed this really exciting interview with Kara, and uh, we would love for you to go give us a rating on iTunes. If you like what you heard, leave us some comments, and you can find us also on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash talk and shift. Yeah, and we are we have a website. It's a word talk and shift podcast.com and you can find us on Facebook. You can find us in, on uh, Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, at We're Talking Shift Podcast. So go out and make some shift happen. Hey, you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.